0: there and welcome to not a couple a will and grace podcast i'm matthew i'm tess and this week we're talking about season two episode 20 girls interrupted this is a solid episode yeah i feel like it was just yesterday that we were bitching about last week's episode
1: it was kind of
0: well we, I... I mean we were bitching about it yesterday but like
1: i'm genuinely always bitching about that
0: episode. <laughs> uh, but this one's much better
1: yes yes indeed we were just talking about that So if you don't recall from last week, we really uh, had Will and Grace try to deal with some LGBT issues that weren't about cis white gay men Mm -hmm. and fuck it up in general. Not very well. So this week um, we have a nice plot twist, basically, in which Will and Grace really does handle a larger LGBT issue with more grace. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha (laughs) ha ha
0: ha ha ha. Yes. This is very funny. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. If you haven't noticed from this podcast, (laughs) I could see how you wouldn't have noticed. All right, let's talk about the episode summary, and then we'll just jump right into it. Yes. Grace meets up with her old nemesis, Val, played by Molly Shannon, (laughs) and the two of them rekindle their friendship. Jack and Karen run into an old boyfriend of Jack's who claims to now be straight.
1: I don't remember that being a part of the episode in the slightest. Yeah,
0: but but it's Jack and Karen run into... No, Karen's not even there, is he? No,
1: it's Will and Jack go to the gay bar, and Jack skips primarily with a flyer. Yeah, so that's, this...
0: That's close, but no cigar.
1: This is a terrible summary.
0: I feel like that probably was, like, an original draft of the episode. Yeah, maybe. Which has three writers, so, like, I could see that I getting... I can kind
1: of see that. It just feels like they just never updated this summary. Yeah. Because, yeah, from well, the episode we watched.
0: And also, this... I don't, I'm trying to think of when this DVD buzz come out, but it must have been shortly after the show aired, because the idea that uh, they would...
1: I don't know. DVDs weren't really a thing yet.
0: My point is that they didn't mention that the guy is Neil Patrick Harris.
1: Well, it must have been pre-2006 when Neil Patrick Harris came out. Or at least
0: like... (laughs) It's weird to not mention Neil Patrick Harris, considering that, like, of the two, like, Molly Shannon is phenomenal, but, like, Neil Patrick Harris is clearly more famous now.
1: Right. So it must have hit right that sweet spot when Molly Shannon was still more famous than Neil Patrick Harris.
0: Oh, here, on the DVDs, it says that the copyright is 2004. So that would make sense. So
1: that would make sense. That would be right in that sweet spot. But, anyways,
0: we've got two guest stars this week.
1: Yes, we do. And so one of them is, as we mentioned, Molly Shannon, and she's coming back as Val.
0: And the other one is new, and it's Neil Patrick Harris. And and he's
1: playing Bill? Is that his name?
0: I don't care. He's playing an ex gay.
1: He's playing an ex gay. He's garbage,
0: but also very sexy. It's
1: definitely Bill. His sexy defi- garbage. Sexy garbage. <laughs> That's my aesthetic. Yeah, we know. Sexy garbage. Also, Kesha's aesthetic. Hmm. She sort of looks like if, like a like a pile of like glitter had sex with a pile of dirty laundry. I think there's a song
0: about that. I now, like, see, if this was Whose signs It Anyways, this is where we jump into a song.
1: <laughs> All I can think of is, like, the hold on music, and I am like, <laughs> I can't come up with, like, a fake Kesha song. <laughs>
0: okay, well, if you ask for it, listeners, we'll come up with a fake Kesha song about Sexy Garbage.
1: Sexy Garbage.
0: Um, well, as we mentioned before, this episode actually does a really good job of pivoting because last week we had a really gay-centric episode with Carla's plotline, but, mm-hmm. well, not gay, but LGBT, and this week... We have one as, as well, and it's handled a lot better, I would say.
1: Yeah, it's, um, last week was kind of, like, unsexy garbage. Yes. <laughs> this week is, like, we're back to sexy garbage. Yeah. Like, we're handling garbage stuff with, uh, poise and pizzazz and... Well, I think for the yeah. average
0: straight viewer, I don't... I can't imagine that in 2000, uh, ex-gays were even remotely I think people would know about, unless they had some experience with that.
1: Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, like, having not been out in this mm-hmm. time period because i was a child right i really don't know having not
0: been a teenager in 2000 <laughs> yes
1: i was not a teenager yet i was a wee child and yeah so i don't really know so my only experience going off of like where ex-gays crop up is in media representation so like my memory of it is this and then there's a queer spoke episode that talks right. about it too
0: but it definitely makes sense that like gay people would have known about it
1: oh for you know sure I mean?
0: like it's it's definitely a product of like kind of the like closet in 90s oh
1: yeah absolutely
0: um and I I like the very nineties feel of it. It's kind of like a grungy AA meeting.
1: Yeah, with for a buffet. Gay people
0: with a buffet, right? Yeah, I don't like, It's like when I think of an ex-gay thing now, it's, it's very much like outside of the city. Whereas I feel right. like because of the needs of it to be inside of a central city location where there's lots of gays to convert back to straightness, right? To
1: welcome back home. To
0: welcome back home. Oh, God.
1: Yeah, I think that's part of it also, is my experience with, like, thinking about, like, gay conversion is, like, thinking about those gay conversion camps that are mm-hmm. always, like, very religious, very rural. Yeah. Um, it also kind of brings to mind, like, I don't know if you've seen it. You haven't seen it, but I'm a Cheerleader is this film mm. where, um, oh, and I'm forgetting her name. It's, it's Kirsten Dunst? No, 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 no. It's uh, it's Nikki from Orange is the New Black, Natasha.
0: Yeah, Natasha Lyonne.
1: Yeah, Natasha Lyonne. So, and RuPaul's in it, but, like, yes. in male Dragon. It's great. What
0: Cheerleader movie is Kirsten Dunst in?
1: That one is Bring It On.
0: That's probably. Oh my god, you haven't
1: seen Bring It On. (laughs) Oh my god.
0: But I'm not a lesbian.
1: Okay, but yeah. So, anyways, the plot of But I'm a Cheerleader is this: this cheerleader is gay. Yes, I know the
0: plot of the movie. And
1: so then her fam. Well, maybe other people don't. That's dumb. Um, Come on, get with it. Her family sends her off to a gay conversion camp, but it's sort of, like, done in this very highly stylized, like, almost Edward Scissorhands, like, color scheme. It's crazy. And then all the ex-gays, including RuPaul and male drag, like, are just, they're so gay. It's ridiculous. Right. And they have this horrible scene where they, like, simulate straight sex and they have to wear, like, felt, like, genitals and shit. Oh, God. It's horrible. Anyways, at the end, she runs away with her girlfriend and it's beautiful. But...
0: But I'm a cheerleader. But
1: I'm a cheerleader. It's a good movie. But yeah, so that's, like, that's my experience with mm-hmm. it, like, having grown up in, like, a rural sort mm-hmm. of conservative area, like, that's kind of how I connect to, like, the ex-gay movement. It's yeah. more of, like, a teenage-focused gay conversion religious nonsense.
0: So, considering that Will & Grace isn't credited for exposing gay people to a lot of people, it, I think you can also credit it with probably exposing this idea to a lot of people who didn't know about it.
1: For sure, yeah. I think it definitely was one of those things that sort of took, like, a niche like, city thing and broadcast Mm -hmm. it out for the wider audience of the U.S. in the early 2000s.
0: Obviously, it's not good.
1: It's not great, but I think the episode does a really good job of sort of making fun of it in a way that, like, shows how utterly ridiculous it is.
0: Yes. I think it's helped by that in that it feels like a a one-man crusade, which is not necessarily my understanding of how it is nowadays. Yeah.
1: I think it's, like I said, because my experience is much more religious, like, I feel like they do have a lot of support in churches. Right. But, yeah, this does definitely kind of make it seem like NPH is this, like, one... One
0: One-man gay conversion
1: man. (laughs) Lone Wolf
0: gay conversion man. Right. Um, Named Bill. Which makes it more funny. Yeah. Like, it's it's funny because you're laughing at them. Yes. Usually, in Will and Grace, when you're laughing at someone, it's trans person and it's not okay.
1: Yes, but this week, we're doing it right. Yes, nailed it. Yeah, we're nailing it.
0: Do you want to talk about the other plot line a little bit before we come back to this? Yeah, so
1: yeah, we're going to come back to this in a little bit, but I think we should take some time to talk about Grace and her plot this week.
0: Well, it's probably arguably what the episode is named after, but I mean, it could could go both ways. (laughs)
1: Like Karen. Right. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Um, But yeah, so we have the return of Val and our continued confusion about her. Yeah, I think I liked Val more
0: last time. I probably should go back to the tape on that, but like my memory of it is fond-ish.
1: Yeah, you see, I feel differently. This one, I thought that she and Grace do have really good chemistry. Yes. So I thought that they worked really well together when they were sort of hanging out being friends. Mm -hmm. But then because the show cannot sustain having Molly Shannon on it every week, they had to find, like, some way to get Grace out of that. Right. Because it
0: begins with, like, because the last time we saw them, Grace and Val were, like, catfighting the whole time. Right,
1: because Val was trying to steal Will away from Grace.
0: But in this one, the episode gets set up with Will and Jack going to a gay bar and Grace is home alone and then like she bumps into Val and they just hang out and right, they're, they're
1: like, both like, oh we don't have plans on Saturday. And then they like watch infomercials and plastic surgery shows. Which
0: man, like, it was really sad before Netflix. Like I know having Netflix and watching that all night is sad, but it's a different sad than watching infomercials on the floor. Because you haven't unpacked your apartment yet.
1: Okay, but this time she had chairs, and I thought that was confusing. Like, she had chairs, but they just didn't sit in the chairs?
0: Yeah, that was weird.
1: I mean, like, I've definitely been there, and I think it's more of like a mental state thing, because you and I have done this, where we have couches, but we've just kind of like slowly slunk to the floor and rolled around.
0: Yeah, it's a very specific kind of hanging out. And they were doing it. They were having fun. They were
1: doing it. They were sitting on the floor. They were eating popcorn. I think part of it started with them killing roaches... Which, I'm just not a New Yorker, so that to me just did not seem like a casual thing. I think Grace might
0: have stopped doing that when she started hanging out with Val. No, that because was,
1: I think Val was like, yeah, let's kill bugs and watch TV or something. I was Ew. like, Ew. I must have
0: just blocked that out because that's a really gross you image. You see, that's
1: the thing. is like, I'm not from a big enough city where roaches are just like a thing you deal with. Oh. So I'm just like, nope. In fact, the first cockroach I ever saw like in person was in Paris on the metro. That sounds right. Paris is a dirty city. <laughs>
0: Let's be nice to Paris. I mean, Paris is... We said a lot of mean things about Casper mattresses last week.
1: (laughs) We didn't say mean things. We just said that vaginal fluids plus semen equals the disintegration of Casper mattresses. I mean, fair. (laughs) Paris. Why did you do that? Because I couldn't understand myself saying Casper mattresses. (laughs) Um, This episode's not sponsored by Casper mattresses. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Val comes back and she's funny and she has good times through grace. Mm -hmm. But I don't... Really get her.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, as Grace explicitly says later in the episode, I think her presence is filling a very real need on this show, which is that Grace doesn't have any girlfriends. She
1: really doesn't.
0: She has Karen, and the show kind of puts Karen in that position sometimes.
1: But Karen is also more of, like, a cartoon character. Right. So, like, she, I, I can understand that, like, Grace is really looking for that, like, girl gang, like...
0: Right. Like...
1: Camaraderie. And certainly not
0: all the time, both because of the technical limitations of the show that cannot add another protagonist. Right. And also because, like, I feel like Grace, like, genuinely really gets along with her gay friends.
1: As a person who, like, looks female and, uh, kind of identifies on like, the more femme of the gender queer side of mm-hmm. shit, like, I have my two best friends in the entire universe are gay men. Mm-hmm. But I have really close friendships with a couple of women, and sometimes you just need your girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, there's just certain things that, like, if I text my gay friends, I might get some, like, you know, sympathy. But like, if I text my girlfriends, they're like, "Oh, girl, I can't believe I have it. Let's do this." <laughs> I'm really excited because I actually get to hang out with one of my girlfriends, who I didn't get to see until very. I get to see her next weekend. I'm just very excited.
0: Well, I hope that she doesn't steal your music box.
1: I won't be bringing it with me because I will be traveling to visit her.
0: But I mean, I hope she doesn't steal your buffs.
1: I do have a book I lent her.
0: Oh, I'm getting that back.
1: I actually do need it back. Does
0: it sing Hava Nagila?
1: It doesn't, but it is about Lena Dunham. That's close enough. She's Jewish, ergo. Hava Nagila Hava. Stop it. Hava Nagila Hava. What was her Hebrew name? Uh, was it Raquel? You wasn't Raquel because it was like in the middle.
0: Was it Raquel?
1: It might have been Raquel.
0: Okay, well, so that's Raquel. You just, you know, I'm a, I'm a Goyim or something. Is I, that what, is that what we just are? A, just a Goy. Uh, is Goyim plural?
1: I don't think so. I don't speak Hebrew.
0: Not yet you don't.
1: I used to date this girl and I swear to God you could just like hear the like... The, the song a Goddess from the last five years playing every time she hung out with me. <laughs> and I was like, no.
0: No, thank you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but Wait. I think it's, I think Val definitely fits in the role that the show is creating for her, where she is Grace's kind of female friend who comes yeah, back. Yeah,
1: and like, like I mentioned before, they clearly have chemistry. Yes. It just seems kind of to me a little bit disappointing that they're addressing this need, but they know they can't ever really pick it up. Like, Exactly. They can't create a, a fifth protagonist. They cannot...
0: There's no interest in having it be Rosario.
1: Yeah. They can't really promote Rosario to be Grace's bestie. And Karen can
0: feel that sometimes,
1: but like... Right. Not really, because
0: that's not the dynamic of their friendship.
1: Exactly. Like, like they just... They're not... like They are they have that one episode where they have that slumber party, and it's fucking weird. Like, it just doesn't really work.
0: Like, and maybe this comes up, like, later on. I would love it if, in some future season of Will and Grace, including the new seasons, if Grace had an actual female friend who competed with Will for her time. Right. I think that would be interesting.
1: Right. And, like, that's the thing is, like, okay, so spoiler alert coming forward, is, from my memory, there really isn't that. The -hmm. only person who really competes for her uh, time and affection is... Romantic partners. Right. Which I think is kind of, like, lazy. Yeah. But again, like, I understand the, like, the technical limitations of the show. Like, right. they can't hire Molly Shannon, so they have to consistently bring Val into their lives. Right. And then find a way to make her weird and make her leave.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not hard. Molly Shannon's pretty weird on character.
1: Oh, my and God. And probably in real life. What was that movie we recently watched where she's the mom dying of cancer? Oh, my
0: God. It's called Other People, and it's amazing. <laughs>
1: I Ugly Cried. I ugly cried so hard. I
0: don't know why we thought that we weren't going to. Because literally the log line of that movie is like Jesse Plemons watches his mom, Molly Shannon die and has a lot of gay feelings about it.
1: And like this isn't a spoiler because straight up the first scene in the movie, it's like her she dying, dies. like <laughs> it's her
0: dying. And they're all like in bed sobbing.
1: Like you just hear like sad sniffle noises. Like yes. this is not a spoiler. And then someone spoiler. like weirdly
0: calls and there's like a message on the answer machine. It's right. like...
1: Hey, so-and-so,
0: like, heard you were feeling under the weather. Let me know how you're doing, and we'll come out later next week. And we <laughs> just, like, sobbing I the just, message. like,
1: have a vague memory of that voicemail, including something about, like, let's get tacos and margaritas yes, soon. Like yes.
0: It's just ridiculous. And it's
1: just at, over-the-top ridiculous. And, like, yeah. So, see that movie, Cry, Ugly Cries, have mommy feels. It's a Yeah, okay.
0: it's... But anyways, Molly Shannon is always weird. Yes. So, she's perfect for this character.
1: Yes. So, Val came back, and it was... You know, it happened. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It just, it's one of those things that we kind of see Will and Grace do from time to time where they pick something up and they hold it to the light and you see it and you're like, yes, yes, yes! No. hmm It's just, yeah. So, like, that kind of made me a little, like, bummed. And it ends with her kind of being a bitch
0: and, like, betraying the whole, like, female friendship thing.
1: Right, because then, like...
0: She steals the music box and then they fight over it.
1: And then, like, Grace steals her watch, but it's, it's Will's actually watch. Will's watch because she's apparently, like got a problem with th- stealing things like yeah, I don't know. And there were all those snow globes like
0: this really felt like two disconnected episodes.
1: Yes. There I, wasn't a
0: lot of overlap in the plots.
1: There really wasn't. I like, mean like the Basically
0: old- Will and Jack go to the bar and each of them comes home with their own plot line.
1: Right. Except Will really does not He comes home to find Grace and picks sure. up her plot line like sure. he joins on in. True. Sure. One thing I didn't like about this episode that I just want to mention real quick is the reminder that Grace is still the president of the tenants board. Yes. Because I had forgotten about that, but then she magically has a ring of keys. Right. And. That was helpful. So that was helpful. That was like a good like reminder that like she mm-hmm. actually had like, a means to break into this woman's apartment. Right.
0: I would have loved it if they'd like gone through the window or something. But yes, it was much easier. Yes. That she just unlocked the door and they went in. Mm-hmm.
1: Suspected gas leak. Surprise!
0: <laughs> Why would you yell surprise if you thought there was a gas leak? Well, we didn't say it was a good surprise. <laughs> Alright. Let's go back and talk about Jack and Karen's plot.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: So, to back up a little bit, um, Jack meets this guy at the bar and he's handing out his little flyers for his private gate conversion cam. Which
1: have his face on
0: them? Well, I mean, you know. I guess that's sense. the
1: way to bring all the boys
0: to the yard. Yeah, see? So and um, so he brings Karen in because... For some reason, Jack doesn't think it'd be believable for him to go by himself. Well, but it's totally believable if he brings his lesbian friend who he's dating.
1: Yeah, I think that his thing is he wants to go and try and convert this guy back to being gay. And well, I does, mean, not
0: even, like, fully convert him. Like, he just wants to have sex with He just wants to have sex with him. Right.
1: And I think he just, like, wants Karen there because he just always wants Karen there. Right. And so, like, she's like, I'm not going to this. And he's like, you get to be a lesbian. And she's like, okay, wake <laughs> me at 11. <laughs> <laughs> So, and she's a lesbian, in quotes. But, like, not really.
0: Right. Because like, it's pretty established that Karen has some spectrum of queer. She
1: starts, at one point in the episode, like, describing Rosario as if she's attracted to her. And at first she seems disgusted. But then, like, as she's urged by all the ex-lesbians like, right. to carry on, she just kind of seemed to get into it. So, I'm just going to go write some slash fic in which, you know, Fem Slash, where Karen and Rosario are in love.
0: It makes sense. It would be... Supported by textual evidence, Mm -hmm. including this episode. I think one of the things I liked a lot about this episode is that it was probably one of the more aggressively romantic or sexual gay plots we've gotten.
1: Yeah, this is like... like... the
0: whole plot is that Jack is trying to get Neil Patrick Harris into bed with him. Mm -hmm. Or really into the showers with him. (laughs) Which seemed unnecessary, but okay.
1: (laughs) I was okay with it. So yeah. they play
0: like they watch a game of uh, what do they call it foot sports ball?
1: No, they're they're wa- he, so Jack is pretending to be straight, right? And he's like, "Hey, you want to catch the game?" He's like, "Yeah, which game?" And he's like, uh, "What did he call it? Foot skip ball?" Foot skip ball. Is my foot idea. skip ball. And so then they watch the game, and Jack just keeps finding ways, to just like touch him <laughs> gently but inappropriately. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Funny, actually, and
1: like, and it's, like and, you know, it's funny
0: even though it's actually not very well done,
1: right? Like, it's it's so ham handed, but it's it's actually really funny, yeah. And like, a lot of it doesn't even happen on screen. We have right. we have like. Neil Patrick Cutaways, Harris yeah. like coming back to explain what had happened. Right. And he's like, yeah, the back slapping was, that was fine but the butterfly kisses and the ear blowing was, <laughs> that was a little <laughs> inappropriate." Which is actually kind of worse better because then you're kind of imagining how over
0: the top <laughs> Jack can get.
1: I, yes, I'm just really imagining Jack trying to seem very hetero giving another man butterfly, butterfly kisses. kisses.
0: Which are also a big 90s thing. Oh yeah. Just that one song.
1: Butterfly kisses. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: but anyway. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, if anything, the Karen plotline is is either maybe not funnier but better executed, where she's like <laughs> deliberately leading on all these lesbians, and right?
1: Like, to like push them back into right. their true lesbianness.
0: She's just fucking toying with them. Whereas, like, Jack has a mission, and it's to get in Neil Patrick Harrison's Oh, my God.
1: I love that scene where, like, they go off, um, because, basically, like, they come, Jack and Karen show up under the impression that Karen is is sliding. She's realizing back into being a lesbian.
0: But Jack's not.
1: But Jack is totally straight.
0: Totally straight. Oh, my God. There's
1: also that bit where, like, he says, like, hey, Bill, and then, like, you just hear, he's like, hey, and Karen's, like, taking it out of the head voice, he's like, hey, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Uh Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, and then we have that moment where they go off to do, like, the, the makeup tutorials, right. basically. and Because like, the
0: lesbians are going to learn how to put and, makeup on. And
1: Jody, the really butch lesbian who's married to this incredibly effeminate gay man, is like, Come on, Karen, we're going to go learn to get cheekbones.
0: She's fun. It was a fun, fun plot.
1: It was. It was really fun. And, and that, I think,
0: metatextually, one of my favorite bits was watching, um... Neil Patrick Harris and Sean Hayes interact because in that moment, they are two allegedly straight gay guys playing two gay guys are allegedly straight. It
1: was so... This is,
0: like, the layers of it.
1: It was gay Like, I... Like, Neil
0: Patrick Harris doesn't come out for another, like, half decade. And I think right. Sean Hayes only officially came out a couple years ago. Yeah,
1: Sean Hayes had not come out yet, and neither had Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's it's just... There's so many layers. It's like, like an point, onion. Like,
0: Neil Patrick Harris is on his own show, like, so he's uh, working, but, like, right. he's Doogie Hauser
1: not still Doogie Howser. But, I mean,
0: like, that's how you would know of him culturally.
1: Right, like, you know him culturally as Doogie Howser, but he's Like, at this point in Neil Patrick
0: Harris' career, like, he's been the child star, he's faded away for a little bit, and he's got, like, a TV show, and he's doing a bunch of, like, theater work. Right. And that's it. Like, so for every, like, American who sees this, like, he's not gonna get listed as the guest star because it's, oh, Doogie Howser got some work. Oh, it's
1: like, oh, good job, Doogie. Right. Also, what the fuck kind of name is
0: Doogie? I don't, I... I don't know what to tell you. I don't... I wasn't responsible.
1: I mean, I just... This is just a broader question. Doesn't
0: it just sound like the name of a child doctor, though?
1: I would not trust that person. I would not believe they'd gone to medical school.
0: Yeah. I feel like that should have been more of a recurring plot on the show where, like, Doogie Howser just could not get a client. Like, a a client, because, like... I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not letting this 13 year old treat me. Okay,
1: I'm not gonna lie, I've never seen a single episode of Doogie Ever. Me either. But, um, like, could he get grounded? Like, could he get grounded from work?
0: I think he got grounded <laughs> on a regular basis. I think like, that was one of the primary like Doogie.
1: I'm very sorry. I know you're in the middle of your residency, but you cannot go to work today. I think the show
0: <laughs> was kind grounded. of like my my cultural impression of the show, which again, have not watched, is that it was kind of like Boy Meets World meets House. <laughs> But like with a, I, like my concept is that there was like a case of the week kind of. But like then he was like, I'm it's 13 and I'm balancing being a doctor with being a teenager. Doogie Hauser.
1: My friend Brenda wants me to come to the school dance with her, but, but I, I have surgery.
0: But I think that was like legitimately the plot level of the show.
1: I want a reboot of Doogie Hauser! <laughs>
0: I don't think America can handle that.
1: I want it. I want it or I want it to be on Netflix. I want to experience (laughs) this because this is my impression of it. It's just Neil Patrick Harris in a lab coat and I've seen like one or two clips where he's like typing to a computer or he's using like voice to text to a computer. He's like. Yes, I think that is basically
0: the plot of the show. I would love to watch it now for the gay subtext.
1: Gay subtext with Judy Hauser. Oh. Uh, so to wrap things up, I think I want to talk about one last thing. Okay. I think what I want to talk about is, and this is something we talked about a little bit, and we've talked about this in real life a lot, is the fact that at the beginning of the episode, Jack and Will don't take Grace to the gay bar. mm I am of the opinion that they maybe should have taken her just because her life was so pathetic at that point. Okay, but at
0: a certain level, like... Grace's life is always pathetic these days. Oh, mean. (laughs) I just mean, like, Grace has literally nothing going on right now. Hey, she's still apparently dating that weirdo. She's still apparently dating that weirdo, which we did get confirmation of again. So obviously there's a breakup on the horizon. She's the
1: president of the Tenants Association. That
0: also supports my theory that these are not supposed to be together and that episode was earlier in the season.
1: But anyways. Yes. Carry um, on.
0: And also, like, she doesn't have anything going on in her love life because she's dating that boring guy. She doesn't have anything going on at work because she's still an interior designer somehow.
1: We haven't seen her at work in we a while. We haven't seen her
0: much. She's just kind of coasting. She's not unpacked her apartment yet.
1: But she has chairs now.
0: She does have chairs now. But it's been almost a year and she hasn't unpacked her apartment. Whereas, like, Will has a new job. Jack's always got something going on. He's married. Right. He's <laughs> married. He's experiencing life as a newlywed. Going to do things with his wife's boss. Yep. Who he's also kind of in love with.
1: Karen's always got something going on. Like, they really make out in this episode. Like,
0: Grace is boring right now. Like, Grace has a sad, lonely life. And so that's why I'm glad that she was friends with Val for five seconds. Okay. But I, it's also why I can see why they
1: wouldn't bring her to the gay bar. Right. But then that also introduces the wider point that we've talked about a lot, is straight girls ruining gay bars. hmm So, like, this is... So we live in Milwaukee. Right. And there aren't a ton of gay bars here. Mm-hmm. But there are a ton of straight girls that go to the gay bars. Yes. And it's a problem. (laughs) So one of the gay bars we frequent is very small. It's not a dance club. It is not like the gay bar you're supposed to bring your bachelorette party to. Right. And people consistently bring their bachelorette parties. It doesn't make sense. And they walk in and they're like, oh my god, this bar is like only 200 square feet and there's no dance floor and (laughs) what the fuck.
0: And thankfully they leave usually pretty quickly. They usually
1: do. But there's always like one drunk straight girl who's making out with her dude friend. It's unfortunate. But yeah, and then it also makes me feel uncomfortable because when, like, these swarms of straight girls come in, then I feel like I am also being labeled as the enemy despite Mm -hmm. my obvious queerness. Right. Because when I'm overloaded with a bunch of other straight girls, I look like I blend in, which Mm -hmm. is unfortunate because I have a pixie cut. Yeah. God damn it, straight girls.
0: I don't know what to make of that because it's not something the episode brings up a lot. Like, like, they're definitely not making a point about how it wouldn't be fun. Well, I mean, they are, but not for the same reason. Like, they're saying, like... Grace can't come because they're trying to get laid. Right, they're trying to
1: pull. Right,
0: but that has nothing to do with Grace being straight. It's that Grace is it's not. It's not going to work. Right, they're going to cruise. Right. So
1: there is a gay bar in Milwaukee called Cruise, but it's spelled yes. with a K. And a U. And a Z.
0: And an R. I mean, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't like a surprise, but like I just wanted to like just once so you were three fourths of the way there, I just wanted to be like the, just there's... so
1: you are aware, we know how Cruise is spelled, and we know how the bar Cruise in Milwaukee is spelled.
0: Yes, we know how both of those are spelled.
1: okay i think that's it
0: yeah that's definitely it (laughs) all
1: right shall i tell everyone where they can find us on the internet please do okay if you would like to find us on the internet we can be found on twitter at not a couple show on tumblr at notacouplepodcast.tumblr.com you can send us an email at podcasts at gmail.com our show notes are on medium and we post our episodes on mixcloud
0: Yay! Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Yes, thanks for listening.
0: We've only got a couple episodes left before the finale. We're getting there. So uh, stay tuned for that. We're mm-hmm. going to pick up a new DVD set soon. Yep. Um, and that's all I've got.
1: Fun stuff is happening.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to us this week. Yay! Once again, I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this is Ben. Not A Couple. Bye-bye! This episode of Not A Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hello, Eliza. This episode was sponsored by the upcoming reboot of Doogie Hauser M.D. Doogie Howser is back, and this time, he's no kid. The show is now rated R.